Welcome to Life List, a birding podcast. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome from the high seas of the Southern Ocean. I am George Armistead at Life List, a burning podcast with Alvaro Jaramillo. Alvaro, what the heck are we doing here, man? So, so we're in the middle of the ocean. Hello, everybody. And several things to celebrate. The first one is the first, this is the first time we've done this live and both of us together, which is great, you know? Yeah. You know? First time in person, man. First, first time, time in, in person. person. Crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. Like we've been doing this, what, like a little over a year now? And yeah. feels like eight years. It, fe- <laughs> it feels like a lot longer. <laughs> but yeah, like here we are, we're actually doing it in person for the first time and we're smack in the middle of the southern ocean practically Mm -hmm. somewhere just edging off the Falkland Plateau towards South Georgia Um, I mean it's a crazy place to be so yeah I I think at this point you know if you you think about where we are when you do a straight line north we might be too far east to actually hit any of South America. We'd probably hit Iceland or something. Yeah. Who knows? We're yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And, you know, we still thought it would be worthwhile <laughs> to talk about our experience as birders in the middle of nowhere in the ocean. Yeah. So. Man, and what a few days it's been. We're what? We're day... Was this day four? Yeah. Day four so. of our cruise yeah. here, but we even had a couple days before that. What was your... What was your... What was it like for you getting... To Ushuaia, right? We departed from Ushuaia or Ushuaia, as, Ushuaia. They, as they like to say here uh, in Argentina. Well, not here in Argentina, but over there in Argentina, where yeah. we just departed from. What was that journey like for you? Yeah, so it's really difficult. You know, well, not difficult in terms of time. It's it's a, it's a long time to get to. You know, first Buenos Aires, and then you have another three-hour flight down. This is sort of the Alaska of South America. You're getting way down there in a similar way that. Alaska is you're getting way up there and uh, it's a you know small city beautiful mountains behind it and um, there's there's been a buildup for us because you know COVID delayed this trip for multiple years and everybody was really sort of like is it going to happen and it you know you get everybody over there and then we did a a two-day pre-tour to go to Tierra Fuego National Park and then to uh, visit the highlands and the the coast. We sort of had a really great bonding experience with our group, but and then, but still, you know, the moment we got on these little buses, rather buses, to take us along the dock to get to this ship. I mean, it was emotional. Almost, yeah, that was the, that was like, the, that was the moment it hit me as well. I was like, oh yeah. my god, that's our home for the next what you know, eighteen days or whatever. And like, it's a big boat, and like, like already, it's Ushuaia. Ushuaia is a crazy place to be, like in and of itself. But now we're getting on a boat and leaving this mm-hmm. pretty remote place, southernmost city in the world, mm-hmm. and we're going to sail straight east for mm-hmm. several days before then heading south and. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it, it is, it's like being on a yeah. different planet, pra- practically. And, and I don't know if you felt the same thing, but so the the way it, it, you know, you get some orientation and you sort of uh, get your room and you set your stuff up and all this, all these things are have to happen. And there's still lots of hours of daylight, right? Because it gets dark quite late here. 
uh, then we went to dinner, and dinner the first night. <laughs> I mean, this is the first night this ship has been in the southern hemisphere. Multiple people who are in crew who are new, and it took a long time. Yeah, right? it was a bit of a stretch. A bit, yeah. bit of a stretch, and also we were still eating. We're eating dinner, and we're still at the dock. Yeah, and I felt like, oh man, I just want to be moving. I'll just eat a piece of bread and go upstairs and look around. And there was a moment it was like, I just felt like going like, just get this thing going, please, yeah. you know. It's yeah. like, really, and uh, I think a lot of people felt that, you know, they had to do their stuff and whatever. It's like, but it's just the excitement was yeah. palpable. And then to be told to sit down at a table and eat, it was like, we just wanted to go birdie. Yeah, like, right? let's go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially, as you say, like, this trip has been a long time coming, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like. It's been, you know, twice postponed, thrice postponed, depending on, you know, who you who you ask or when you start counting. Um, but, man, it's like, yeah, it's been, it's just been crazy. Like, and, yeah, we finally get on the boat. We've been in Ushuaia a couple days, and you're like, all right, here we go. And then it's like, nope, sit down and have a huge meal that's going to take a really long time. <laughs> and then, by the way, the daylight's going to round out really before you get going. Yeah. So it, was, it did feel like a little bit of a false start, and definitely there was a lot of anxiety, it felt like. But, man, we, we woke up the next morning to a pretty day, and, and there's a lot of seabirds around, black-browed albatrosses sailing around all over the place, southern giant petrels following the boat super close, yeah. you know, just birds. And, you know, if, uh, if, if people sort of want to get the sense from, what this is like you're on a you're not on a big cruise liner you're on an expedition ship so it's a little it's smaller but it's still pretty big big boat and you know they're cooking they're doing the thing and all that and you know at the kitchen and uh the the smells of food are wafting back and actually some of the seabirds clue into that and they're coming in and mostly it's giant petrels southern giant petrels and they're so they're huge it's like a Bigger than a goose, you know? Yeah, massive things. Massive things. Albatross size, practically. Yeah, with big, huge bills. And they'll go right by, like, a few feet away from the boat, a little faster, just a, you know, a mile or two faster. And um, and you can see their eyeballs looking at you yeah. as you go by. They're, they're kind of creepy. Like, they're, creepy. They got a little creepy. Yeah, I know. Creepiness they got a creepiness. Yeah. You'd also, you know, people are like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. Yeah. Because you've seen these things on TV or wherever, you yeah. know, it's, it's nature shows. And they have no fear, yeah. you know? No yeah, fear. And they just go right by. And they're, they know we're the sort of slow turtles in this world moving through whatever and you know and there's big big boat and then they just like cruise by yeah. and do whatever they want and sometimes they just pop out like 40 feet in the air and drop down to the ocean yeah you know like yeah, for fun they're roller coastering around us all the time sometimes at arm's reach practically and then seconds later you know skying up or skying down to the mm-hmm. water it's crazy yeah so let me ask you this out bro I know you had some pre-cruise stuff you did. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite thing you saw on land before we got on the boat? Your favorite thing you saw around Ushuaia, and also, what was your favorite thing you ate or drank? Oh, okay. So, you know, there were there's 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 the moments where you sort of. It doesn't have to be something rare where you just see something and you just go, like, that's cool. Yeah. And one was being in Tierra Fuego National Park and these mountain, big mountains were all around you. Lake, you know, you walk in this trail, forest. And then I look up 
trying to sort of search for condors, and I see this little speck on top of the mountain, like really the highest part of the mountain, and the silhouette was unmistakable. Guanaco. Oh, right? wow. Right? Guanaco, the, yeah. the, the, you know, the camelid. That's yes. Down. And I just said, Guanaco. And I put the scope on it, and people were like, how'd you see that? I don't know. I mean, it was <laughs> one of those things that it right. was obvious when right. you saw it in your binoculars. It was, but uh, the, you know, the local guides, Esteban and, and Isabel, they said, we, don't, we usually don't see guanacos here at all yeah. know, until winter. They come down. So I thought that that was like a... I've seen many guanacos in my travels, but I thought that was like... It felt better than the average. Yeah. They're, they're not, it wasn't by the side of the road right. or whatever. It was like way up there. So that was fun. Yeah. yeah. And then some folks on our drive over spotted Magellanic woodpeckers, you know? So we stopped and, and, and looked at them, and they're just a fantastic yeah. creature, of course, you know? And then when we walked up to the glaciers, the bird I really wanted to see was the, uh, oh, you know, Melandera finches. Melandera yes. finches yeah. are the best. You know, there's the white bridle and the yellow bridle, and I always get them confused now. Yeah. Because, you know, the thought was to, to have the name kind of match so they were sound similar. It was better when it was the black-throated finch because it was, like, obviously different, you know. Yeah, but it canary-winged. Canary-winged or whatever, yeah. you know, and... and uh, you know, now, so it's like the yellow bridled finch yeah. at that point that we're seeing. And I'd never seen this southern form, and I was just sort of really excited to find out. And it took a while, you know, kind of climb around. And it, just, it, it felt like the, the waiting and the looking and, the, and hearing it, I was like, oh, there it is. It was just the buildup was just perfect. Yeah. Well, so I enjoyed that. And you had a nice hike up to that spot, nice, too. That's, that's nice a pretty hike. spot. Yeah. And then food... Asalaitita. I think I mentioned it yeah. on the last podcast. Yeah. That's the first thing. And I had it twice. Wow, you're a glutton. Was, you're a glutton. glutton. Shameless. Yeah. yeah, but then somebody else gave us something else that was really yeah. good yeah. to try out. Those, yeah, the, well, Ricardo. The vasil. The vasil. Vasil. And then I realized I should have had vasil. Yeah, that time. was ridiculous. I was like, I ordered so <laughs> wrong that night. I, like, <laughs> I had my first meal in Ushuaia. I was like... I arrived in that night, and I hadn't really eaten. It was, you know, it's a long way to get down here, you know. It's worth every second, but mm -hmm. but it's a long way to get down. And uh, so I got in, and I was like, I was, I was tired, but I was, like, more hungry than tired. Like, sometimes I might have just gone right to sleep, but I was like, you know what? I need myself a good Argentine meal. So I went straight into a Parisia nearby, one of these Argentine grills, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm having the Cordero. I'm having the, uh, I got the Argentine lamb. I got the proveleta, which is one of my favorite things. Yeah, and you, that was a good order. Uh, you, 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 I, I like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's always one of my favorites. And, and like, I I ate the whole thing myself. And it's cheese. Yeah, it's it's, it's just grilled cheese. Yeah, it's grilled yeah. provolone cheese. And uh, and they've got like some olive oil and and some oregano. A little bit of salt. Yeah, I a, remember a, right. a little bit of salt. Tiny, yeah, a little go pinch. Yeah, just like, a pinch. Like if a huge man's yeah. hand yeah. pinched the salt. Yeah, sort of a giant handful of salt. It's really yeah nice. But, but yeah, man, it's good. And then I did get some grilled vegetables as well, which were delicious. And I ordered myself a bottle of the finest Malbec I could find and that you know we're in Argentina like di di you know dinners are late and they eat large portions and I placed this order and the waiter looks at me and he goes you know this is a lot of food 
And I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, yes, it is a lot of food, and I will eat as much of it as I possibly can. I got to say, I couldn't eat it all, but man, I, I put in. You know, it was a yeoman's effort. I did good work there, George. I mean, I know some of the listeners will know this. Eating sometimes is a sport. Yes, you know, where yes. you just do it. Yes, because. Yeah. You're competing exactly with yourself. Yeah, I, it really was. I was like, I this is like I'm both embarrassed and proud of myself at the right. si- same right. time with that meal, and like, but they, right. it was sweet. They like the yeah. the restaurant was full, so they actually sat me at the bar by where all yeah. the staff was working, and you know I got to talk with them a little bit. They were like, this guy just came here for a proper a proper Argentine meal, yeah. and they like by the end they were like, you're all right, man. You know, right. you're it's a good a, dude. It's a time where the slow claps happen. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. As I walked out, there was, I, got, I almost got a slow clap. I felt the slow clap yes. building. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know. Food here is not varied. You know, no. there's like... Limited menu, but limited, some, some you know, good pasta, options. You know, and, and, and some, some sort of kind of basic salads. Lamb and different cuts of beef, potatoes, mashed potatoes. And, um, but what they do... They do really well. Yeah. Like world class. If you want grilled this or that, this is the place. So that was great. Um, but what was your bird highlight in the first few days you were here? Because you were doing a little bit of a pre-tour too, right? Yes. Yeah, we did a, a me and, and Keith Valentine, Glenn Valentine, we did a full day um field trip into Tierra del Fuego National Park, which is a beautiful national park. It's It's got some things that are kind of messed up about it, like introduced beavers all over the place, although you don't see them. You see their damage. Um, and, uh, yeah, and there's, like, introduced horses, so there's some, there's some weird things about the park, but it is intensely scenic, and it was actually about as birdy as I've ever seen it there. Um, you know, I've had times in the past where you bird around in there. This is probably my ninth or tenth time birding the park, and you go in, and there can be long periods where you really don't find many birds. But, you know, this was one of the best days I've had there. Thorntailed riaditos are just calling the whole time as opposed to in sort of like little pockets. And one of the first birds of the day we had, which is, is was one of your namesake birds, was fun, was the, was the fire-eyed ducan. Um, oh, yes. we, we had a nice pair of them on territory, and that was cool. Nice group of birds there. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was really cool. But I have to say, like, I really wanted to find the woodpecker. Um, and actually our local guide for the day, a woman named Carolina, she has never had a birding group before, but she kind of knew some of the birds. We go into this, this spot, which is kind of my favorite place to look for it. And we're all kind of slowly working our way through the woods. And all of a sudden Carolina's like, Hey, I got the carpintero. I got the woodpeckers over here. And we go over and, you know, it took us a bit because they were kind of moving. There was a pair, uh, you know, and they, they were moving through the Nothafagus, uh, Southern beech trees. And they, they weren't really paying us any, any mind, but they, they kept kind of moving away from us as they were feeding. So it took a while to catch up to them, but eventually everybody got really good views, oh, and that was nice. But then what was funny was we, we continued to bird in the park for another couple hours, and I had to, you know, we eventually we were like, okay, time to load up and get out of here. We're going to go. And I was like, okay, I got to just 
duck into the bushes real quick here and oh, and uh, yeah, I had to you know it was you know drank a lot of coffee that day. So anyway, I'm I'm back in the bushes. The realities of birding. Yeah, it's, you know we're out in the field and had to make a field stop as they say. Yeah. And so everybody's kind of getting on the comfort bus. Comfort stop. Yeah, comfort stop. Yeah, it's an alternative you know taxonomic yeah, you know much more polite. Yeah, yeah, the different nomenclature you use over there. Right, IOC. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I'm I'm making a field stop and in the midst of this, the female Magellanic woodpecker comes in and like like from behind me and yeah. literally lands on the tree like. I don't know, two, three meters away yeah. from me, and she's just looking at me, and I'm like sitting there, you know, Ooh. mid, mid, in the middle of the act, and oh, uh, setting me up, but. yeah, <laughs> in, in delecto flagrante, and and uh, and and she's just looking at me, and she's like, eh, I see you. I'm just going to keep here working on this tree, and and I was like, I kind of wanted to like go get everybody, but I knew if I went and got anybody, it was going to be, you know, she was going to be out of there, right. um, just because well, she was just kind of moving away from from me anyway. But that was pretty cool. Was and then good. you know what we did, Alan, I always say that there, like no birding tour is complete until do you visit the dump. Exactly. <laughs> either, you either have to visit a landfill or a wastewater treatment plant, right. you know, or yeah. both, ideally. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, and so we went to the dump, yeah. Yeah, and we got the white-throated caracaras there. El basurero. There. El basurero, yeah, yeah. And, it, and the basurero provided well for us. We had a we had about 10 white-throated caracaras and lovely Andean condor mm-hmm. came over. So that was mm-hmm. a, it was a smoking day overall. It was really good. So, you know, everybody who's listening all over the world, let, let us know. But there are famous dumps, landfills, whatever. But is there, there's the one in India, right, where the uh, the, 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 uh, storks, the greater agitants, right? Yeah, come yeah. in, right? Yeah. That's famous. Yeah. Best place in the world to see that bird. Yeah, it's like practically the only place, yeah. And then this might be the only other thing that's similar, right? The what, what? best place in the world for this one species. For the white throated caracara. Yeah. It's not amazingly rare, but it's really low density, and it's uh, way way down here, south, you know, super south, is the dump at Ushuaia. Yeah, you know, it's, it's that's really, interesting. I hadn't thought about that way. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. Because there's, you can say, well, you know, you can go see the the crow at, at the Brownsville dump, but the crow is actually all over Mexico. It's not the best place. It's the best place in the ABA, but right. not the best place in the world. Yeah, and it's not, you know, and, it, and of course now the, the crow is a lot harder than it used to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that would be an interesting um, podcast itself, Al, maybe like top 10, dumps. top 15 dumps that you've birded, you know? Mm-hmm. Some good stuff there. And so let me get back to Ducon. Yes, fire-eyed dewcomb. Yeah. So, this is this is like a flycatcher, and it's kind of stand-up flycatcher in its posture, and it's got a little square head, and it's got these bright red eyes, and it's called the fire-eyed dewcomb. And it's like, what is a dewcomb? Well, there's a finch called the duca finch. Now it's called the yeah, it's called just duca finch, right? Yeah, it now, used to be common duca common finch. Duca now, finch. Now, now it's just duca finch. Duca finch. Yeah. And the duca is named. By you know the Mapuche people way back in in Chile, and it's just called the duca, and it got the name you know sort of from that to the English and even scientific name, and the ducon means the big duca because mm. it's gray and white, just like the finch. Nothing to do with the finch, but it's the colors are, are similar. Within so it picked up the 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 name in English, and it's got red eyes, and then. 
we used to be in a you know at field guides where people got bird names. Yeah, and I'm I think I'm one of the few that has two bird names. Yeah, that's that's a, that is a that's a rare distinction. Rare, and one of them is the fire eye dewcon because my eyes go red, you know, from birding. Like I just have really dry eyes. And I'm stupid, so I don't put like drops in my eyes or wear shades or anything because I can't bird with you know sun. Yeah, you sunglasses. don't bird with sunglasses. That's yeah. that's a topic too because I cannot bird with sun. I cannot see color with mm-hmm. sunglasses, mm-hmm. so I just can't do it. So my eyes were always red, and it's like you know you're the fire eyed dukon, and that's where that came from. My namesake bird, mm. and uh, we'll leave the other name for another time. Another, but I'll just let day. you know. George is the owl. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we can talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. No, another, another day. Yes. Another day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just so folks, um, I feel like I'm looking around in this setting where we're recording right now. And it's so, usually Al and I are looking at each other on our laptops mm-hmm. and are on opposite sides of the country. I actually kind of blog you out, but, you know. I, guess, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. I would do yeah. the same thing. And Sorry, but, but right now we're in the we're in the observation lounge deck of right. of our ship here, the Ocean Diamond. There's a piano in the corner, grand piano. But the one thing that's freaking me out a little bit, Al, is that chair. Is that chair? This, there's a I chair. Think, is yeah. that Shackleton? Yeah, exactly. I'm one like, who? Yeah, and it's just there's a there's a chair like a swivel bar stool, and it keeps swiveling, and it's just swiveling the entire time that we're talking. And now. Ooh, it almost stopped there for a minute. And I was like, that that would be too a little too much. But yeah, maybe it's the ghost of Ernest Shackleton. I don't know. Best, yeah, best not or, dwell on it too much. But anyway, if you hear some weird creaks and sounds, or if we just sound a little bit different, that's that's part yeah. of why that's part of why it is the way it is. Yeah, there's engine noise. There's stuff rattling. Things are moving around. Um, ah, yeah, it's the best. <laughs> so. We just concluded, and, and now you let me know if I'm moving too fast here, if I've forgotten anything, but yeah. I thought we would just tell folks a little bit about what we just did the past couple days. Right. We were at Las Malvinas, the Falkland Malvinas. Islands. Yeah. Uh, we spent a uh, better part of two days exploring the Falkland Islands, which of this whole circuit that we're doing here actually has the most endemic birds of any, any place that we're, we're going to visit. Um, it's got uh, a, a nice little array of endemic taxa, but we started out on Carcass Island, which I keep saying they've, they're mispronouncing the name of that place. It should be Kick-Ass Island because that kick-ass, place is yes, awesome. Kick-Ass. Yeah, yeah. Kick-Ass. Yeah. Kick-ass. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Carcass. Kick-Ars. Carcass kicks ass. It really yeah. does. <laughs> It was definitely my favorite place that we visited. But we went there, Carcass Island, and then from Carcass we went on to West Point Island, which was also pretty darn mm. cool. And then this morning we spent half a day in the Stanley area, which is the last town we're going to see for you know yeah. a couple of weeks now until um, we get back to Ushuaia. Um, and now we're now we're sailing on to South Georgia. Right. And I hope we'll record again after South Georgia because South Georgia is pretty. Right pretty much one of the most spectacular places in the world but at any rate tell me Stanley uh, well, 
of your of the of the sites of the sites we visited. Was, uh, wasn't Stanley like uh, you know in the Three's company? Three's company. <laughs> He's like Mr. Roper is, is or Norm, something. Is, Stanley is, is Norman Fell was the okay, actor. Yeah, right. Norman <laughs> Fell, who I believe is from Philadelphia. And and he, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, here I, we go. I got I got to double check that. But somebody told me that recently that Norman <laughs> Fell was actually from Philly. But yeah, he and I I don't know that he had a whole long list of other. By the way, just you know. Sorry about Philly baseball. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. last time we are talking. But let's just go on to happier yeah, things. Yeah, let's so. not talk about that. Yeah, Philly's lost. They put up a good run moving right along. There's a lot of Houston fans on this boat, which has been kind of painful. Yeah, but I know. Gosh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, what, we, we, went from, we went from Three's Company to, uh, to the Phillies. Um, yeah. Oh, from Stanley. Stanley. Right, right, right. Yeah, you really threw me a curveball there. Yeah, <laughs> curveball. Look, yeah, you there, know, we right, yeah. there we go. Right, Yeah. Cool. So, uh, but for the Falklands, what do you think? Uh, I mean, what what struck you? You you'd been before, right? But it's yes, been a long but time. Actually, I've been to any of those places. I think I went to two different islands, and then I never went to Stanley. Oh wow! So yeah, that's so unusual. I, that's so an unusual circuit. No, unusual. Um, I I was. Carcass Island has no rats or mice, so it is this place that has the the birds that are there. That the the land birds are just in in good numbers. You know the Cobb's wren, which is a kind of I don't I don't even want to say it's like a house wren thing, right? Because it's so different. It's this big, bulky, pale thing with a, pale, a darker mask and hunts around on the beach, and um, the you know. The tussock bird. Yes, the tussock bird. And a lot of the birds here have uh, alternate names. So tussock bird is uh, blackish synclodes. And uh, those two sort of were really just great to see. I, and they're, the tussock bird comes to you like two feet away. I forgot away. how, you know, like, it's, to say that they're approachable is really a, would be a tremendous right. understatement. I literally, I was I was videoing one with my phone, and I thought, oh, this thing's going to hop right yeah, onto yeah. my foot. And then it literally just walked right between my legs yes. and out the other side. And I was like, where the heck did it just go? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're incredibly tame. So, you know, we were looking at those things, and there's, like, Falkland steamer ducks and the kelp goose, the upland goose, the ruddy-headed goose, and all this other stuff going on. And then you think, oh, gosh, you know, what else is over the hill? It's like, oh, Gen 2 penguins. What the, you know, uh, uh, Falkland skuas, which are a form of the brown skua. But ask me, and I tell you, it's a different species. Yes. Um, And there's a lot of that here, too. So you talked about the high endemic numbers. I think it's higher. In the the future, it will be higher. And even the grass wren, which is like a sedge it, it, it's not a service to the grass wren to call it a cetrin because it's so different, you know? Right. Like They're related, but the, they're not, you know. Phenotypically, it gives folks an idea of what these right. things look like, right. but but that they've been lumped together doesn't, right. doesn't do the bird any, any and it's service. A, it's a whole different thing. And, it's, and to just, I have not been here. I mean, I was here before my kids were born. You know, it's like, it's oh, wow. a long time. Yeah. So to be reacquainted with these things, and a lot of things I actually even have written about or done, you know, um, taxonomic proposals about and all this kind of thing, it just, uh, it was great. I was just like, wow. I mean, what what was it that I couldn't come back here earlier? You yeah. Know? But things, life, 
you know, whatever, yeah. right? It just didn't happen. And uh, I was overjoyed by the whole deal, you know, just fantastic. I just thought it was great. And um, I mean, what, what, what were your thoughts about that car, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I... I remembered it, it, I'd been here twice before. I've done the same route twice before. Once in 2009 uh, with my father, which was pretty special. My first trip to Antarctica was with my dad and, and several of his friends was the tour group. And um, and then I came back in 2011 and led it as a tour with a bigger group. And the 2009 uh, tour was almost these exact same dates in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very, that trip is, is kind of, you know, knocking around in my head a lot right. as we move along here. I remember this, I remember that. Um, and in my mind, I'd kind of taken Carcass Island and West Point Island. We, we did this these few days exactly as I did them in 2009. And I, I'd kind of mushed them together. Uh, yeah. And I was, and now as I've gotten here, I've been able to extract each site, you know, from from the mush that was in my mm-hmm. brain. And I, rem- I was like, yes, I remember this route on Carcass Island, and yes, I, I, re- I remember how it works here at West Point Island. Uh, Stanley, I remembered actually pretty well, um, but the other two sites uh, I'd kind of mixed up and mashed together. And I just love Carcass Island. Uh, it's a spot. We, we had half a day, really just a couple hours is all you have time for it. At a lot of these sites, that's the one yeah. thing that kind of stings. Is yeah. you, want, you want to spend more time at every place. Yeah. But Cobbs Wren, I'd seen it before, yeah. and, and I wanted to see it again. And, and right. there was more of them than I remembered. There was a lot more grass wrens than I remembered. Yeah. There were a lot, and, uh, yeah, and and it was a beautiful sunny day. Also, I think the, some, the other time I remember being here... It was at least very gray, and one time it was extremely windy and rainy. Right. Uh, so this was quite different. Seeing Good the, weather. See, yeah, it's been really nice. And But, you know, I think probably my favorite of all is the Johnny Rook. The Johnny Rook, man. The, like, how do you beat the striated? Here's Johnny. <laughs> the striated caracara uh, is the endemic raptor to, uh, to the Falklands. It's... It's actually on the mainland too, but the Johnny hardly, hardly ever seen. Huh. It, like in Tierra del Fuego area. Yeah, yeah. yeah down around Cape Horn. Cape Horn, yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't realize that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, it was a real treat to see that and to see it well. Uh, we had, I don't know, all told, probably close to three dozen birds or something. Yeah, um, a lot. Yeah, it was way more than I remember seeing before, yeah. and we and we got to see it well. And I had one, I, I kind of got away by myself on the beach and um, for a minute just before we were getting to go in, and I found this, this Johnny Rook digging in the in the rack line of the beach there you know there's all this kind of washed up decaying kelp and fish guts and everything and he was just digging around in there and as he's doing it all these blackish synclodes all these tussock birds are just hopping around like mad all around him because he's kicking up all these bugs and i just got closer and closer and they just didn't care about me you know they just and and that was probably probably the highlight for me was that i mean we at west point island we, we got to go to this this uh, black bread albatross and rock hopper penguin colony, and that was spectacular. Also, you're, the, you're, the birds are so close, and you just forget how big these albatrosses are. Um, so that was spectacular as well. But I think that the Johnny Rook really is, you know, it's, no. it's, it's a performer. And the, and the rock hopper penguins have like 
No, like if the tufts are kind of like out to the side, they look like they're angry or they're a clown, and they're, if they're like down, they're like sad. You know, it depends on the tufts. Huh? But yeah, you know, you're you're talking, and I'm thinking the Falklands, right? For most people, it's like this is a weird, far away place. You know, what what the heck? What's going on? What it's like? I have had, like, since I was, a, you know, started birding, I started collecting books and things about the Southern Cone, and I, the Falklands were part of it, you know, and I had books uh, by Robin Woods, you know, the Falcon birds and stuff. And I was thinking today that, you know, through Ricardo, who's one of the, the co-guys, Ricardo Matus, I, I got to meet Robin Woods eventually and mm. talk, and, and we, we actually used to correspond Back old school way, you know, I'd write, write him like letters. a typed, typed letter, you uh-huh. know, dear Mr. Woods, you know, <laughs> and and talk about, you know, natural history things and birds and stuff and how now we're doing eBird and digital and, and how the Falklands kind of spans this, you know, mix of the old times, the new times and meeting people who were here way before and Robin Woods was the person who wrote a paper that said, you know, these Cobb's friends are different from yes. Cobb's friends. And I was able to put together that deal for the taxonomic, taxonomic committees, you know, sort of put it together and say, here's what Robin Woods thinks. And they split it. And then when I saw it first, it was not a split. And now I saw it as a full species. Oh, man. And it was kind of like... I, I was thinking about that. I told people about that while we were we were watching, and also when I, I was a kid, I went to a um, exchange. You know, when I was in Canada, a school exchange. Like thirty of us went to England, and they came over. And when we went there, the the war had just broken out. You know, so we I was in England during, during the Falklands War. And wow, that's bizarre. And then today, I'm, I'm walking through this memorial to the Falklands. So wasn't it the 40-year 40, 40 anniversary of this? Yeah, I It know. was just like... Oh, <clears throat> not that old, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Like, while we yeah. were there, like, just... Yeah, yeah like, yeah. yesterday. And, and they went... Yeah. That's right, exactly. They were... I was having coffee with a friend, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Ir- Irvine, who's a... Uh, Scottish birder who's been living in the Falklands for a few years who has amazing data on... Is he, on, is he our listener that sent us the question from the Falklands? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, so, uh, it, and we were watching these soldiers walking by and I'm thinking like, I, I my connection to the Falklands has been weirdly important and today... For, for a it's, long it's, time all, now. Right, and all kind of came together in the last couple of days. I was thinking, like, I love this place. I was thinking, like, I could live there. That was like, you know, <laughs> can I convince my family to move to this place? Wow, that's that's bold. That's bold. I, I like the place a lot, but, man, I don't know if I could pull yeah. that off. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Al, we, one of the high points of, the, of our visit there was at uh, West Point Island. Mm-hmm. And... They do a high tea, like a like a high the English style high tea mm-hmm. there, and uh, which was incredible. Yeah. Uh, and it was and it was put together by the caretakers of the place there who've been there three or four years. Kiki, Kiki, right? I, yeah. I I think that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was it was absolutely amazing what she put together. I mean, we could you know middle of nowhere here and this island you know no roads the only way to get there is by boat or probably helicopter right. i guess and uh 
and you know all these different cakes and cookies and you know wonderful tea. Now I understand she's been there three to four years now. I think her and her husband they're moving out next year, Al. So maybe you know talk to Cat, talk to the kids. Over. Maybe yeah. you know see maybe, maybe you guys yeah. could take over to you know take do a little over. sheep shearing yeah. and you know yeah I know worth considering. But you know if if you there's people you meet in these trips where you just wonder. Like how limited, you know, people have uh, been on their, well, me, how limited I might have been on my life choices, thinking what's, what was possible. Sure. So they, um, there's a sailboat that, was, that we sort of went by. Yes. Yeah. They've lived on the sailboat and actually for multiple years lived in South Georgia on that sailboat. Goodness. And then they 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 were you know caretakers here. They went over there. They went there. And you're thinking like wow, like they're just like doing things that are seemingly impossible. I was going to say. And I, then you can make all this good stuff for people to eat. I yeah. guess if you live on a sailboat off South Georgia for X many years, living at a at a, a sheep farm on the Falklands is pretty much a piece of cake, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, oh God, it's, it's just, you know, the, the penguins, albatross, the, uh, the fact that you have these endemic birds. And so, birds. But we're on a ship, right? And we're on a ship that has hundred and something. Uh, 190 guests. Including ourselves, all the guides. Yes, right? that's staff. right, yeah. Staff who are biologists, glaciologists. Lecturers, historians, and you know us. Yeah. And then people from all over. We have Americans and people from Great Britain. We have people from New Zealand. I think New Zealand, Australia. Yeah. Denmark. South Africa, Denmark, Canada. Eh. Quite a quite a bit of Canada. Right. And but the interesting thing is in the uh, in the staffing here. Expedition staff, you're talking Expedition about. staff. Yeah. And there's there's the boat staff. There's some, some staff we, we you don't meet, right, because they're the, the, the engineers and all that, and we haven't met the captain due to COVID rules, and they want to keep the captain safe, um, all that. But the the expedition staff, it's like 15 people. I was going to say 16 or so, 16 yeah. 16 or so. Uh, all sorts of uh, expertise. No, not one of them is American. Yeah, I was, I was, that was one of the first things I noticed as they were going through. I was like, who's going to be the American? And I was like, wow, there's actually not a single... Right. And I thought there'd be probably three or four right. Americans. Right. right. Zero. Yeah. Right. Zero. Yeah. Mostly Canadians and um, New Zealand, doctor, British, Australian, um, Argentinian, um, Chinese. Taiwan. Taiwan yeah. as well. And quite a bit of, uh, a lot of Canadian. A lot of Canadian. Lot of Canadian. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's the Canadians are the future. Yeah. I guess so, <laughs> right? But, you know, there's a lot of Canadian um, people in the, in, in sort of this expedition staff because they move north and south, right? They, they can do Arctic and they can do Antarctic and they, you know, they're sort of all over the place. Um, they have a connection to these sort of really northern places, and um, do often do research in in the in the north. I I, I met uh, 
um, Sarah, Sarah uh, Gutowski. Gutowski, yes. Right? We were talking about the fact that you know I'd read her papers about Thayer's goals and tracking them, satellite tracking them from Devon Island north all the way to Vancouver and further south, and and it's just like I, I was amazed that we have this level of quality folks who are doing research and all sorts of stuff. And then the hospitality people, mostly Filipino, right? And um, the food is good. It's you really know? good. It's really good. Food is you know? like I am not losing any weight on this no. this trip. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of a problem. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get home and do some work. You know, toot sweet. Yeah, there is a gym here. You know, I do know that. I've I've walked by it a couple times. I've saluted it and I've kept walking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you know how it is. Like we can barely squeeze in this recording. Like if there's daylight, we're supposed to be mm-hmm. birding, and if there's and right now it's dark and mm-hmm. and uh, we're getting up early because mm-hmm. tomorrow's slated to be one of the best seabirding days of the trip. We'll see how that goes. That's what they tell me. So yeah, I don't but suffice it to say I don't think I'm gonna be hitting the gym a whole lot on this trip. I, I do hope that the turn the landings will will burn some calories and and you know, stand it out on de- on deck for fifteen, sixteen hours a day, you'll you know, it's it's not easy either. Yeah. No, um, I mean it's 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 grueling. It is. It's <laughs> thrilling, but it's grueling. It's grueling. You know, the the other day I was just like all day standing talking moving around and you're you're balancing you know on the on the ship you're constantly compensating for the for for the movement of the ocean in the boat end of the day my back you know it's just like killing and i felt like oh gosh you know it's you know it's it's just me and it's all i asked the other guys like oh no it's not just you everybody's got that i don't i don't get back pain normally but doing this i feel i feel lower back pain yeah like yeah it is, but you know, you do see things that are a privilege, you know, like uh, yeah. just to to have like a great albatross come through, and the and you know, you can't quite tell sometimes which one it is, and you a lot of the time, a lot of the time, but you know, it's one of the goodies, right? Southern royal, northern royal, wandering, and. The fact that you know that is, it's a prize. Right? right, itself, that those are the species you're trying to sort through. You know you're in a pretty good spot. And then you're sorting through the whole thing and letting people know what, what you're thinking, and then you, you come up on, oh, it's a southern royal. And then to think that saying it's a southern royal is so different than northern royal. They're breed in different places, yet we could see all of them here. You know, yeah, and a wandering could be actually a really close breeder. You know, actually the closest. Yeah, and all sorting through all that is, and then the ID and the fact that it's, it can go through in you know a minute. That's all you have to see, and that's it. And and people, um, the first great albatross. You know, it's fantastic. Eleven foot wingspan. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's like an unthinkable bird, really. And, and we're going, you know, we're chugging along. We're, you know, we're burning, you know, you know, we're, we seem like we're going fast. And these things like are so mellow, yet they pass you. They basically, <laughs> they, they like don't move while they're moving incredibly fast. Right. You know. It's like they just, they hold their wings and they just kind of angle a little bit and they're just riding the wind. And you're just like, how, 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 how do you do, they it? do that? Yeah, well, I was thinking too, how, um, one of the most common seabirds we see while we're while we're cruising along 
is the Cape Petrol, the Pintado Petrol, mm-hmm. and it's it's like it's a you know I, I really like we've talked about before the the sort of the medium small tube noses mm-hmm. are 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 really fun uh, they you know they I think of them as kind of the sports cars the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis of the bird mm-hmm. world it looks like you know sometimes they look like they've the been Jaguars shot yeah, they the Jaguars yeah maybe I'm, I'm actually not a big Jaguar fan no, but, no, uh, but I just like saying that. yeah Jaguar yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but these Pintado petrols to have that be one of your most common birds, yeah. you know, we, we can see that every day of the trip. We probably will see that almost every day of the trip, if not right. every day of the trip. And it's it's a, it's a, an incredibly gorgeous bird, just patterned nothing in but black and white, almost immaculate white below with a nice black hood. And, it, you know, one of the names that the, I think the name both of us prefer is Pintado Petrol. Cause Pintado. It, it, yeah, like it means painted, basically. It looks like they've been splattered with, with black and white paint on their Ooh. on their back. And uh, they are they are really one of these full marine petrels, which to me is one of the most exciting groups. I, I really that's that, yeah. them and the them and the gadfly petrels are probably my two favorite groups. And I just love watching those things and having them behind the boat is a real real joy. And we have not yet seen a pterodroma. I know, man. Gadfly petrel. What do you think tomorrow? Tomorrow the day? Yeah, tomorrow. What's it going to be? First one. I have my gas. Soft plumage? That's, that's my gas. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, soft plumage petrol. And that's a good name, okay? Yeah. Soft, soft plumage. You yeah. want to hug it. It does, yeah. You, wanna, you just want to you know, curl up with it at night, yeah. keep you warm. A pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so why do we have these better names for birds, you know? Really? I know. We're, we're, uh, we, there's a lot of talk about bird names, so there's some birds that are just like, that's a great name. Yeah. And Cape Petrol Pintado... The official name, I think, in in is Cape in many places. Right? I, I think that's what it is. I I, right. I think of that as the official name. Yeah. Right. But I think Pintado is so bad, so much better. Yeah. And it has history. That's a, the it's also more distinctive, it, like yeah. Cape. Cape what? Yeah. You know, Batman's cape. <laughs> no. <laughs> cape of Cape Horn. Cape yeah. of Good Hope. Cape of Good Horn. Cape. Yeah. Cape. Cape of Good Horn? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's no? right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's like somewhere, that's in the yeah. Lost City of like south of Tristan da Cunha someplace? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And um, the, yeah, the Cape Petrol. I was thinking today about prions. Prions are these little southern hemispheres. You would. You would think about prions. You're, prions. That, that is right up your alley, man. Yeah, that's right. Prions, yeah. man. Prions. You know, Ben on board, he, was, he, call, he was called them like hateful little prions. He's like, I hate those things. He's just kidding, of course, right. but they're very difficult to identify. Yeah. It's frustrating to a lot of us. And the, the thing I was thinking about was like most, most people never encounter a prion ever, right? Like they're so far south and they're these seabirds. I mean, there's multiple species, you know, it's like the broad build and, and, you know, this and that in the Antarctic and the fairy salvins. and the fulmar and the salvins and the McGilveries. Yeah, that's which it, it, It's not that it has like little eye arcs. No, that's the warbler, right? <laughs> no half moon crescent. No half moon crescent. Um, but they, they vary in their bill size and they have these little things to filter in the bills, almost like like a, a shoveler, like right? Like lamellae. Lamellae. Yeah. It's like, yeah, right? 
That's a good word, lamelay. <laughs> I like yeah. I like using that one. I, like, yeah. I throw in lamelay whenever yeah. I can. Yeah. One lamela, yeah. many lamelay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and they're so weird in that they they actually will sit and filter feed in krill and all these little creatures that are abundant down here, you know. But they have to find the patch, and then 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 they become common. And the way the different ones feed is is depending on their bill. And I was thinking, like, wow, this is really amazing, you know. But they all kind of look alike. From a distance, from a ship, there's like, there's a prion, you know. And then I was told uh, today that um, actually there's somebody on the ship that had to do with that development of the, you know, there's proteins that are, do you know the whole prions? Oh, yeah. You know, the proteins that actually can... Reproduce and they're you know I I, I know about this I, I like I remember yeah, right. that term in that context right. but I couldn't right. really tell you yeah, what it yeah. is yeah I, they're weird and they're a protein I'm not going to say any more before I get you know beyond what I know <laughs> but they were stay in your zone now right, stay in your zone like the, they were called prions same word different pronunciation because. It was like protein, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's actually sort it's of... like an acronym? Or? Acronym, yeah. uh, the whole thing. And nobody checked to see if the name had been taken before. So now we have prions and prions. They were probably like, it's a bird, nobody right. cares. So, right. so we can just go with it. Let's go with it. So I've had people who are in the sort of more biology, sort of molecular biology field come on a tour and say, I'd love to see a prion. And I was like... A what? A what? Prion. Yeah. yeah prion. <laughs> But uh, they, they were called whale birds, too, in the past, because oh, I right. think, I'm not sure if they were found where whales were found, or if they eat the same thing as whales, like the krill, so they were associated or whatever, but it all makes sense, because they have this lamellae and the... Sort of like baleen. They're baleen. They're little, tiny, flying little whales. They should call them... Whale birds. No. Or, or <laughs> you know, lamelene, baleen, yeah. tube noses. Right. Maybe. Yeah. No, maybe yeah. not. That's probably probably the worst idea I've ever had. Mm. And you get lost in the situation of trying to identify them because we're birders, right? We want to see, we want to know what they are identify, give them a name, but I was, I was thinking the bi- the biology of these birds is so fascinating. They're it cute. It doesn't, doesn't matter which prion it is. You're I agree. seeing a prion. And they're they're beautiful. The they're, they're zippy. They're like, they, yeah. like they, they are so sharp and, and yeah. they're, they're sharp looking. They have sharp movements. They, right. they're hard to stay on. They're hard to photograph, but when, they, when you get them close, and which, which we finally started to have happen today, a lot of what we've been seeing has been far away. Uh, and this afternoon, I feel like we got into, we started to get into like densities of birds that mm-hmm. were high enough that's, that there was a number of birds that actually came close. And I think yeah. that that'll, that'll only increase in, in the days ahead. Right. Uh, but those prions, are, they're beautiful birds. I still remember the first time I ever saw one, a single one was on a Beagle Channel boat trip uh, with Dave, our friend Dave Stasekel. And I just remember, I didn't know what it was. I, I knew it was a prion, but I had no idea what species it was. But I was just 
I was I was like out of my mind excited because I'd finally seen a prion, just like you're talking about. Like, you know, this is this is a bird you see in a book and you think, man, those look like dapper little tube noses. I'm never going to see one of those, you know. And all of a sudden, I was I was yeah. I was I found myself screaming out, "There's yeah. a prion! There's a prion!" You know. And and uh, here's the other thing I was thinking about them. It was like the the fact that people just just want to know like what it is, you know, the whole deal, and it's it's just like what the hell? You, the um, the birds are abundant, zippy. You know, you watch them move. You you see them sort of go up and down. And sometimes they're behind the boat, in front of the boat. They're moving around, and the 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 entire way that they interact with the ocean is fantastic. And they're not a shearwater; they're way smaller. But they're not a storm petrel; they're bigger. There's nothing that we have in North America that is near what a prion is. No. And and maybe tomorrow I'm going to say, you know what, folks, just watch the prions. Yeah. Don't don't focus on what they are. Just watch them and what they do and the whole I like movement. That, I like that they're almost immaculate white underneath. Yeah. You yeah. know, above they're they're nice and gray and they have this M yeah. pattern, but yeah. below they're almost totally evenly bright white. Right. Which is just it's really cool. There's just like a you know, they have that M pattern, which is famous among seabirds as being a good camouflage. You know, pterodromas have it as well, but that they're this immaculate white below mm-hmm. is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and uh, so here's here's a question, right? We're seeing black-browed albatrosses, giant petrels, prions. What do you think, if you know, we're in the Atlantic, could ever show up on a pelagic where you go and do your pelagics in the north from here? From here? From here. That's a good question. I was talking to Ted Floyd, who's who from the ABA, who's on this cruise with us. He's my roommate, as a matter of fact. He's the editor of Birding Magazine. And we were calling an article our friend uh, Ned Brinkley did for Birding Magazine some years ago, which was like it was like the next ten birds to occur in this yeah. in the ABA area in this they're region. All, they're always wrong. It was like, somebody did analysis, right. and Ted was telling me I didn't know this, but he was telling me that someone did analysis on on each of these, mm-hmm. and and what was most incredible about them was how spectacularly wrong all of mm-hmm. them were. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the best experts in the world that we're doing. There's like, you know, for South Texas or for Southwest Arizona or the California coast. Ned did one it's on the logic, mid- right? Yeah, it's yeah. always logic and logic is wrong. And logic right. doesn't work when right. it comes to bird vagrancy. It just doesn't work, apparently. Right. And so, yeah, Ned had predicted a whole, well, not just Ned. Ned convened a panel and everyone offered their votes. And then he, he compiled those votes. And I remember that among them was giant petrel. Uh, among them was Cape petrel, Pintado petrel. Um, those were ones that had, had been suggested. Um, gosh, well, you know, one that has has happened is black-bellied storm petrel. Uh, that was weird. that was on that list, and it did that did did happen, and it has happened. North Brian Patterson's had them off North Carolina a number of times. I guess one that hasn't occurred yet. Geez, man. I mean, you know, black browns obviously get up there, and and uh, you know, yellow-nosed have gotten up there. Um, maybe. Maybe just, maybe just based. I, I I don't know that there's a solid white chin petrel record for the Atlantic. Right. There's. So, I know you've had them, um, and and they're yes, been in I California. Yeah. 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 Um, 
and I, I know you've had you've had you've had one, right? No, right. Not two, but you've had one. Right and there's more. there's maybe one or two others for California. At this point, maybe three or something. Okay. Or, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. and I know Todd Hass. Uh, I believe he described one from North Carolina. I don't think there's any photos of it. And there was a, there was one that washed up on the coast of Texas, I think, once. Right. And but that I think was odd. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. think White, Ch- White Chin Petro would probably be the best in terms of, like, first documented record for right. the Mid-Atlantic. That would right. probably be the one I'd go with. There might be others I might hope for more, right. f- more so. But. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's legitimate. You know, there was... Um, Somebody back in the 1950s, 40s, earlier maybe, that had all these uh, specimens from California that included Cape petrol and gray petrol. And eventually, they were on the AOU list for like a period of time, but they they were thought to be like incorrectly mislabeled or mislabeled something. Mislabeled or something like that. But I do think on the West Coast. There, there has been a, a Northern Giant Petrol recently. So it was in Oregon or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was that would have been my prediction. But the fact that a black-browed albatross has not gotten to On the, the Pacific Coast. Hemisphere, Pacific Coast. You're right, that's surprising. Crazy. That is, that's really, I hadn't thought of how crazy that is, considering especially right. how many... There's been Chatham, yeah. Whitecap, Salvins... Yeah, white, white capped might have been my next uh, yeah. my next choice maybe for yeah. uh, for yeah. the mid Atlantic states perhaps. Right. Um, I mean, there's not that many over here, but there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. and it seems conceivable to me. But and the other way around, uh, some friends of mine about five years ago saw a northern fulmar in central Chile. Wow, and photographed it. Alaska bird, yeah, Broadway vagrant. And uh, one day we will have to talk about penguin vagrants. Yes, we've and we've we've teased that we before. We were looking at yeah. that today. We were. I was. Well, uh, yesterday I was scanning all the rock hoppers, you know, thinking of like northern rock hopper, something else, you know. There's been one here, right? Mosley Eye. Yeah. 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 Hasn't been seen in a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, penguin penguin vagrancy is a real thing. I think a lot of people like the idea of penguins turning up out of range is just too crazy for people to fathom. But mm-hmm. it actually happens a lot. Mm-hmm. There have been multiple, like the place with penguin vagrants. That is maybe the vagrancy capital of penguins is the Falklands. Really? Yeah. Yes. I was looking, crested. Yeah, I, I saw that. That was, I couldn't Royals. believe it. Royals. Um, the, you know the northern um, rockhoppers and others you know. too. Yeah, the uh, the uh, one of the others we were talking about some of the landward vagrants that have turned up on the Falklands. Um, yeah, and there's been some amazing ones. I don't remember if we reviewed this um, the other night. We were having one of our guide staff meetings and. And I knew that there was like a there was a New World Warbler that had shown up in the Falklands, and I was trying to remember what it was. And I was like, I think it was something crazy, like an American Red Star or something. Yeah. And and I was like, that didn't sound quite right. And I think I think you were saying maybe a black pole warbler or something. Maybe it was Ted that said that. And uh, and then I was talking to our friend uh, Whitney Mortimer at dinner the other night, and she was like, she reminded me that there's a prothonotary warbler record 
from the Falklands. It landed on a on a boat just offshore right. of the Falklands, right. and it was photographed beautifully. And, it, and that has to be one of the most amazing vagrants I can even imagine. Right. That's crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. And vagrancy, uh, uh, Ryan today, we were talking, uh, you know, who lives in the Falklands about the fact that they have five burgers or so. You That's know. more than I would have guessed. Yeah. And, and, the, if, and they're also on the west, east side of the island, so if they were on the west, they probably could pick up That's more true. things. That's true, windward side, yeah. yeah. And we did, actually. We picked up a bank swallow yesterday. I, I didn't tell you, but we, we were like ships passing in the night a little bit on our, on our Carcass Island route. You told me that you guys had a bank swallow, and maybe an hour after that on the way back we saw we saw it he as said, well okay yeah. yeah that's maybe he said one or less a year wow and then some participants saw a cattle tire that's crazy to me crazy that's got to be on a ship right there's no way that thing makes it out here unless it gets like i don't know they, those things have no primary projection like yeah. i can't picture them you know i think yeah who knows the third third record some third or wild record. And, you know, a lot of shorebirds get here over time and, and this and that and, you know, eastern kingbird. Eastern kingbird, yeah. White Crestalania. Mark Beavers was saying the last time he was here they had a fork-tailed flycatcher, fly which, isn't, which isn't that surprising, but still it would be like, right. it would be awesome yeah. to see, you know. If, if the Falklands were further north, it would be like a place where you would get African vagrants. Yeah, that's true. It's too far south, like... When people say, well, you know, South Africa, that's you know, really far south, look at the latitude. It's about the latitude of Buenos Aires and right. or, or, you know, like, Santiago. Yeah, it's not that far south not at all. Not that far south. Yeah, so. it's like almost semi-tropical. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, at some time maybe we can talk about my uh, my land bird fallout I had on that Ooh. boat off Argentina. That, because that, that, gives, that might give a little bit of a taste of kind of what you're talking about. If, if there was an island out, out there or, you know, further offshore, you know, God knows what might turn out. Vagrancy yeah. talk. Yes. Right. So, you know, this has been a episode that's just us excitedly talking about what we're doing. Yeah. And, you know, sort of talking about a bit of this and that and of what we're seeing. But we've just started. And I think next time we will have a little bit more context on some of the most amazing places on Earth, like... South Georgia. If we get to the places we're supposed to get to, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. But Falklands are... They're, 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 most people don't say, I really want to go to the Falklands to go birding, you know? Right? It's true, yeah. It's, but they're fantastic. They are. And, and you can actually fly there. You can you just can fly. You can just fly to you the Falklands. From Santiago to the Falklands and, and go and, and do a a trip in the Falklands and it's fantastic. Penguins, skuas, yeah. giant petrels. And some endemic steamers. songbirds. And yeah, steamers. I gotta say, the steamer ducks are perhaps one of my favorite things. I've spent a, I've spent a lot of time. I actually, it was the first time I tested my new uh, rain pants. I just, I actually pretty much sat in the surf and just photographed these these Falkland steamer ducks because the light was so beautiful and the, the light Ooh. was so beautiful. I was That was one of my favorite things from Carcass Island. But, Al, we are coming up on the hour. 
Oh man, the time we, we may have passed. We, it's it's possible we even passed. I, it's yeah, we can't like our, our whole setup here is different, so I'm not even sure. But I do know this: that you and I are due out on deck at 5:30 a.m. tomorrow. Right. To look for gadfly petrols and whatever else might turn up, folks. Tomorrow, I may see a life bird. <sighs> Big talk. And. George has promised me he'll point to it and tell me it is. <laughs> I would love to deliver that. That would be, that would be, to, del- to deliver a life bird for Al- Alvaro Jaramillo would be, uh, yeah, that would be an otherworldly experience that I would gladly, I would gladly accept that assignment. Right, and we would hug and cry. We probably would. We'd probably cry That's a right. lot. Yeah. We'd do that. Like, look at us now. Look at us now. Look at us now. Yeah. But I think now we're going to go to the front of the boat and play some Celine Dion. Definitely. <laughs> have a moment. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I just hope we're not going to have an iceberg situation here. That'd be right bad. You'd, you'd let me, you'd let me they fall. They do have radar, right? They do have radar? I sure hope so. Because, you know, we haven't hit the The bridge air. is closed. That's true. We can't. We have no idea yeah, if that radar. Yeah. And, uh, we assume. Because the ice is going to pick up, is my understanding. We're going to yeah. get more ice as time goes on here. Gosh. I know. Well, at least we have piano, so we can... There is that. Entertainment. And I'm going to rearrange these deck chairs right now. (laughs) Might as well. Yeah. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Obviously, I think we're we're pretty jazzed up here. we got a lot more coming. We're excited to share more. Um, But, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode of Lifeless. We'll be back more soon. Al, look forward to seeing you on deck tomorrow. Right. We will be there at... Are you serious? 5.30? 5.30 a.m. Oh, my God. We'll do it. All right. Cheers, everybody. Bye-bye.